So any kind of media that does a review on your product, I think is key. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. I love to give a little shout out at the start of episodes sometimes to listeners who are kind enough to take the time to post a review of the show. And I've got a shout out to do in this episode. Huge thank you to Adam Liam Clem from the UK for this gorgeous five star rating on Apple Podcasts. The only podcast to listen to for e-commerce. Thank you, Adam Liam Clem. They say, I came across the podcast when looking for help with my new venture. It is amazing just how much you can learn from this podcast. And Chloe brings together amazing entrepreneurs who are doing this now. The format and length makes it easy to engage with and you always get tips you can put into practice straight away. Thanks for all the efforts you're making building this ecosystem for e-commerce. It is just amazing. Well, huge thank you for that, Adam, Liam, Clem. Uh, you have brightened my morning when this hit my inbox and I've enjoyed reading it out for everyone as well. So thank you so much. And anyone who's listening, if you would like a shout out at the start of the episode, then just go to ecmp.info forward slash review and you can find out how to leave a review on the various platforms. Right, so what is coming up in this episode? Well, in this episode, I am chatting to a big business, a big business who operate in a very competitive market, arguably an oversaturated market in the consumer electronics space. We'll be talking about how they're dealing with that and how they're going about putting sustainability at the core of everything they do in some pretty epic projects they've got going on. Really inspiring one coming up. Please make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips, which are very good, and my own take on this episode. Running an e-commerce business is tough, but you can stay ahead of the competition with Pricing. This powerful tool lets you track competitors' prices and optimise your pricing strategy. With one click, you can track prices from any website, marketplace or sales channels like Google Shopping and Amazon. And that's just the beginning. Pricing's dynamic pricing app will automatically adjust your prices to help you maximise your profit margins. It's the simplest way to increase your profit. Sign up for a free trial today and get 50% off your first three months. Sign up now via ecmp.info forward slash pricing. That's ecmp.info forward slash p-r-i-s-y-n-c. Attention e-commerce businesses, do you want to scale your business even faster? Then tune into season three of the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast. Join the Lightning 50 podcast team as they uncover fascinating personal stories of growth in e-commerce from some of your favourite brands, as well as some new players that are disrupting the space. 
Don't miss out on valuable insights and strategies from the fastest growing businesses in retail. Tune in now and supercharge your e-commerce growth. Episodes are available now via the short link ecmp.info forward slash lightning50. And that's all one word, just lightning50. Or search for Lightning 50 Podcast on all the major podcast platforms like Spotify, Amazon, Apple and Google. And now to introduce our special guest. Peter Mann is the CEO at Orensee an electric motor technology company with a sustainable and clean energy mission. They sell HEPA air purifiers via their Shopify site to both B2C and B2B consumers. Founded in 2009, they're now in the 15 to $20 million turnover range. Hello, Peter. Oh, hi. Hi, Chloe. Excited to be here. Uh, great to have you, you on. And you have such a fascinating business in such a sector that doesn't get talked about that much, I feel, you know, you're not selling supplements or fashion or something, but, <laughs> but it's still a very cool and very interesting sector as we're going to find out. But how did you end up in e-commerce? Because you've been in the industry even longer than me. Yeah. So in the 90s, I worked for a company called Tech Data, which the second largest computer distributor in the US. And so you know, as part of that, we created a website for our business and we're a Fortune 100 company. So it's a pretty, pretty large business. And that was really the entry into e-commerce, but it was more on the B2B side. And then in 2000, I was recruited by Dell and then I went to Dell and, and worked on functionality for Dell.com kind of in, you know, earlier days of, <laughs> of that website. So that was really my um, education in terms of e-commerce. And all these years on, what led you, or not quite all these years on, but many years on, what led you to start your own e-commerce business in 2009? Yeah, well, actually, I started, I, I co-founded an e-commerce business in 2002. And what happened was I'd always wanted to do that, but, you know, I didn't really have the confidence to do it myself. And working at Dell and doing round after round of layoff with the dot-com bubble burst was the incentive <laughs> <laughs> to kind of like, that was the push I needed. And so we started an e-commerce business selling just various appliances, you know, kind of built that up from zero to something like 14 million. And then in 2009, I sold my half of the business and used those funds to start Aransi. Because you've always been in the consumer electronics space and... As I read out in the intro, the words in my intro are pretty much taken from your website. The The sustainability part is front and centre of what you're now doing. And I think that's, you don't hear many consumer electronics businesses putting that at the front of what they do. So was that one of the reasons you wanted to, to create the business as it is now? Yeah. In the middle of COVID in 2021, we merged with an electric motor company and that really gave us electric motor technology and it set the stage for us to to begin reshoring manufacturing to the US and sustainability is is a key part of that you know we can see in climate change what's happening <laughs> you know extreme heat at least in the southwestern part of the US and the wildfires in Canada and, and allergy seasons around the world are just getting longer and more intense and so you know we see that relevant to the air purifier industry, but it doesn't seem like it's getting better. And so, you know, we wanted to kind of do our part and really put a focus on sustainability, making products in an environmentally responsible way, minimizing shipping, all, all those kinds of things. You're kind of like selling the products that are helping us cope with the impacts of climate change 
and it can only be good that you're trying not to not to increase climate change at the same time. <laughs> exactly. A good long-term marketing strategy, I suspect. <laughs> um, but Peter, before we get into some more of that onshoring and, and other bits and pieces that you've been up to, tell us a bit about the business. Where in the world are you and where are you selling your products to? Yeah, so we're based in Virginia. Um, we're primarily focused right now in the U.S. market. We do, you know, sell throughout North America, but the U.S. is our primary uh, market. I see us in 2024 expanding into Europe with some of the new, the new products that we're developing. But we're really trying to just focus on where we can be successful in the short term and not take on too much. Yeah, I know, you know, Given the fact you're already a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I mean, to count the characters today, anyway, and already an eight figure turnover business, it's clearly a good strategy to focus on where the, where the big opportunities are rather than trying to be everything to everyone. And tell us a little bit more about the product, because I've, I've simply said it's a HEPA air filter. Tell us a bit more about your product, please. Yeah, so what, what we make are portable HEPA air filtration systems. You know, the market really exploded during COVID. You know, before COVID, it was a niche market. We were kind of <laughs> trying to get people to pay attention to air quality and it just it just wasn't <laughs> getting traction. <laughs> and so COVID kind of was uh, the wake-up call for that. So the market's really exploded since then. But, you know, what we're focused on is really just high-quality products that work really well, that are affordable. It's a very competitive, probably oversaturated market at the moment. And so we're really focused on our technology and, and making products that are effective and safe at the same time and, and very transparent in terms of our performance. I mentioned in the intro as well that you're selling both the B2C and kind of B2B. I noticed on the website you've got kind of recommendations for teachers uh, and such things. So you must have, with COVID and, and what's happened since, have you kind of tapped into some unexpected niches for the business? I would never have thought air purifiers. Oh yeah, teachers need an air purifier. Yeah, what's interesting is it, the U.S. government at least put a ton of money into schools during COVID to improve the indoor air quality. And you know what's come out is I don't know if it's a little geeky or technical, but that you know there's this concept of like how frequently you're you're filtering the air in a space and historically when you think about like air conditioning or conditioning the air you think about temperature and humidity not about moving the air or cleaning it in the space for the people in, in, you know that are occupying it and you know with covid it was an airborne transmission you know virus and you know, and it's like if you weren't making the indoor air like like it is outdoor, people get sick. Right? And so and so what's happened, at least in the U.S. and I, I imagine in the U.K. and Europe is going to be the same as the standards are changing around what constitutes proper indoor air quality and what they're basically the solution is you need to move more air in the space and filter more air in the space. And so your big HVAC you know, mechanical equipment can only do so much. It can't, it, it can maybe move half of the amount of air that you need. And that's why in the short term, at least, uh, and maybe it's a longer term solution because it's very cost effective as air purifiers are being used to supplement the HVAC systems to give you proper, you know, airflow and ventilation and filtration. I totally get that could make sense rather than changing all the infrastructure. You can just add something that's relatively cost effective and and better from a sustainability perspective, arguably, as well, because you're not ripping a whole load of stuff out and replacing it with a whole load of new stuff. 
Correct. And, you know, what's what's kind of shocking to me is it's a struggle to get schools to accept it. In the U.S., at least, the the cost to educate a student is around $13,000 on average per year. And the cost per student to have proper air cleaning is $5 per student per year. <laughs> and, and they won't spend the $5. And it's, it's... It's a fraction of the budget, isn't it, for... Yeah, it's like, well, it's like coffee, right? It's... Yeah, it's not... It's not a big thing. But yeah, before we go totally down that, down that I think it's fascinating, <laughs> but, but the audience probably going, oh God, she's going off on one. We mentioned that, or you mentioned that, that you're in a very competitive, probably oversaturated landscape at the moment. So how do you go about differentiating and continuing to, to be a successful business in that scenario? Yeah, so I, I think it's for us, it's about making better products and really understanding the customer and having the right product fit. And I think having the right story that connects with people and, and having people buy into your value proposition is really what we're focused on. You know, really a lot of the attention is just getting the product right. Because if you have a if you have an average product, you have to spend so much money in advertising. And when you're when you're in like Google or, or Amazon ad system and you're trying to show up, it is so expensive with that that reverse or that auction system that it's like over time it's just not you know you can only do so much. <laughs> so, but but that I think so many people people fail to improve the product because it's it's easy day to day to track what's happening with the Google ads or the Facebook ads. Whereas when you're improving the product where the outcomes are better social proof, uh, which increases conversion rates, hopefully better recommendations that are incredibly hard to track. It, it, it doesn't kind of reward us quite so quickly, does it? So I think, I feel like that's why people don't invest so much in product. Is that something you found? Yeah. And it's hard to do. And it, and it's, it's a long game kind of an approach like it's very easy to go and create an ad and you know instantly you <laughs> have traffic it's just when you're in a very competitive market like we are everyone's vying for attention and it and unfortunately it gets to a point where it's like you can only spend so much per click or conversion rates can only be so high for what you're spending to make sense it's a real struggle it's not as simple as just having a product and it instantly selling. Like you have to, it's a lot of work. Part of that strategy of improving the product is to bring your manufacturing back to the US, which is a massive project, I would imagine, to decide to undertake. So what led you to decide to do it in the first place? And, and I guess any advice for anyone who's considering doing the same thing? Yeah, I would say around 10 years ago, we worked with a contract manufacturer in Connecticut and we had some, you know, a couple products that we were manufacturing um, at their facility. The problem is that, you know, the performance was was great, but it was just every year the costs would go up and we were just so premium priced. We were kind of becoming uh, operating in a smaller and smaller part of the market. And uh, most of the volume is is at the lower to middle end of the of the price points. And so that's really part of the decision that we made to merge with the electric motor company is we had this new technology that gave us better performance at a lower cost. And we've really spent the last two years designing the product in a way that that were cost competitive with the, you know, the imports from China, which is really the key in all of that, because, you know, I've, I've lived it for 
eight years, you know, making something um, in the U.S. through a contract manufacturer with with terrible costs. And it, it just, again, gets to a point where it's just not scalable or your, your price so high. Most people like the idea, at least in the U.S., of an American-made product, but very few want to pay a premium. I think it's the same the world over. You, you can stick the made-in insert company or region name here on a product and everyone goes, oh, that's brilliant, and they'll celebrate it. But the actual money going through the checkout, you have to find a way to be able to compete with similar products of a similar price point, which I guess comes back to, as you're saying, there's, you you can do so much through having a better quality product and you can do so much through the story and the values of the business, but it's not going to deal with a 50% higher price point, is it? Right. And and the same is for green products. People want, prefer a green product, but a lot of people don't want to pay a premium or just don't have the budget for it. And, And that's kind of the reality. And so, you know, we can sit and complain about that or we have to figure out how do we take cost out of our product to make it to make it competitive and that's it's a lot of work but you know it's been two years in the making and we're in august september you know launching our first product here and so super excited to see what's going to happen with that i sort of wish you all the best any piece of advice for any business who are thinking of onshoring their manufacturing or bringing it in-house in the way that you do, any key things to consider as they go along that journey to help them take the journey successfully? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's a lot about setting expectations and it, it always costs more and takes longer than you think. Like I, I thought we'd have this a year ago and we're still, we're still getting ready to launch. And it's just, uh, I mean, it is what it is. You know, when you're doing something new, we don't have the infrastructure from a supply chain that they have in Shenzhen, right, to make, to make something. And so you have to figure a lot of things out that don't exist. And my hope is over time that that gets better. But if you're you know, on this journey, it's you really have to have sufficient like, cash for it. You have to budget in my, uh, time and, and really set uh, realistic expectations. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Running an e-commerce business is tough, but you can stay ahead of the competition with Pricing. This powerful tool lets you track competitors' prices and optimise your pricing strategy. With one click, you can track prices from any website, marketplace or sales channels like Google Shopping and Amazon. And that's just the beginning. Pricing's dynamic pricing app will automatically adjust your prices to help you maximise your profit margins. It's the simplest way to increase your profit. Sign up for a free trial today and get 50% off your first three months. Sign up now via ecmp.info forward slash pricing. That's ecmp.info forward slash p-r-i-s-y-n-c. Attention e-commerce businesses, do you want to scale your business even faster? Then tune into season three of the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast. Join the Lightning 50 podcast team as they uncover fascinating personal stories of growth in e-commerce from some of your favourite brands, as well as some new players that are disrupting the space. 
Don't miss out on valuable insights and strategies from the fastest growing businesses in retail. Tune in now and supercharge your e-commerce growth. Episodes are available now via the short link ecmp.info forward slash lightning50. And that's all one word, just lightning50. Or search for lightning50 podcast on all the major podcast platforms like Spotify, Amazon, Apple and Google. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Peter, are you ready for the top tips? Yep, let's do it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would recommend This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. I don't know. He's like the master. I think he, uh, it's kind of my experience with advertising. It's like Google in early 2000s was five cents a click. And, you know, you just had to have an average website and you pay five cents a click and you can get tons of traffic and, and it does really well. That's not the reality of where things are now. And so word of mouth is 10 times more effective than any other form of, of marketing. And he kind of talks you through kind of that story and then really what you need to be thinking about as a marketer for your particular product or service to you know, really try and take advantage of that. Nice. Definitely one we all need to either reread or read in a year like this one. Um, (laughs) The traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? My experience is really just in my product category. But what I've seen is if you as a marketer go and say things by default, consumers are, are fairly skeptical. But if you get someone else to speak your truths or to endorse your products, it it just is so much more powerful. And so any kind of media that does a review on your product, I think is key because oftentimes it, it doesn't cost anything and it has so much credibility behind it. I feel like that's a strategy which gets lost sometimes in, or we don't do PR or we work with influencers who do that for us, but actually getting the, the traditional media to review something can be just just so powerful yeah and I totally get why that would work be the case in consumer electronics okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day our setup is maybe a little bit unique where we have about half our employees at our factory in Virginia and then the other half are spread across the country. (laughs) So it's communication and coordination is, is really at the forefront and and a bit of a challenge. And so, you know, we just use Slack as a way of of really grouping people into teams and sharing information because we're not all in the same location. It just helps dramatically in terms of just everyone getting on the same page. Yeah. Anything which can do that even if we're in the same office, (laughs) keeping everyone on the same page could even be a challenge. Cool. Excellent tip. Uh, The carbon top tip. What's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business? So for us, we're, you know, in manufacturing. And so our focus, it kind of solves our cost issue as well is to be vertically integrated. So we take raw materials and components and we convert it to a finished good that we market, sell, ship direct to the end user. 
we, even with Amazon, Amazon is um, really wants you to go through their FBA program, which is shipping product to their warehouses and they ship out, but it's really inefficient, especially from an environmental standpoint. And so we've kind of pushed back on them and uh, we used to do that and we've brought it back in house and surprisingly, we've not seen a drop in conversion rates. And it's lowered our costs with Amazon because we're not paying to ship it to Amazon for them to store it and then to reship it to the end user. And what we found is most consumers are willing to wait an extra day or two to get the product knowing that. And so we'll see how it shakes out. But Amazon's not too keen on (laughs) on us doing that. And so because I'm not sure if the concern is more around the consistency and deliveries, although they measure that and everything is, is perfect for us. You know, for us, it's really solving the cost issue, which is also making the product and service more sustainable. Love that approach. I don't think, I don't think anyone's yet talked about that one on the podcast. So loving that. Take your delivery back from Amazon. Peter, thank you so much for sharing so many pieces of advice with us today. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn. It's Peter Mann, M-A-N-N. And our website is aransi.com. O-R-A-N-S-I.com. Brilliant. Peter, thank you again for being on the show. It's been lovely chatting with you and um, you've given us all plenty to think about. So uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it. So fascinating chat there with Peter. I think for me, two big, big takeaways was first off, operating in a competitive, oversaturated market, you have to do things right. And that means focusing on the quality of your product and the reason why customers should buy from you rather than someone else. As Peter was saying, the values, the mission of the business. And I think in any market, that's going to help you. But if you're in a competitive market and you want to, or an oversaturated market, and you want to survive the desaturation of the market, then it's just utterly, utterly critical. And then I think the fact that they're focusing on the long-term strategy of what they need to do to achieve that, what do they need to do to be around in 10 years' time as a sustainable option for dealing with wildfire season, allergies increasing, those kind of sub-issues of the climate crisis. And, you know, the lengths they're going to in order to do that with merging with a with a manufacturing company bringing their manufacturing in-house and bringing it back to the US and finding a way to do that competitively some great tips in there around more more general things too but i think those were the two big things that got me thinking as a result of my chat with peter to get your hands on our notes from this episode including the top tips and links to the things we mentioned head over to ecommercemasterplan.com or use our direct to episode short link. Just put ECMP, that's e-commerce master plan shortened. So ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is into the URL bar and you'll be redirected straight to the correct episode page. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list, which means you won't miss out on any of the many, many other things I share to help you to improve your business. 
If you like this episode, then make sure you check out our other big business episodes, which you will find via ecmp.info forward slash big. That's where we keep all the episodes or a list of all the episodes that feature businesses doing more than a million. If you're in those big business arena, go and have a listen to the other ones at ecmp.info forward slash big. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast that you do. In terms of our sustainability journey, well, I can tell you that you are listening carbon guilt free because this is a carbon positive podcast, which means we've bought the carbon credits to offset all our production distribution and your listening to this show. So you can listen carbon guilt free. I bring you a new one of these carbon-free interviews every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please do tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.